0: Hello there, as Obi-Wan Kenobi says. Well, after all, it is an Obi-Wan Kenobi Wednesday with Episode 4 out today. For all my Star Wars fans out there that listen to this show, um, probably a little bit of a mediocre episode. I liked the, the first three a lot better. But um figured I would start all, all your day out with a nice hello there that Obi-Wan does... Um, much better than me, to say the least. But we're actually almost through all of the forward season reviews. I haven't done Kasper and but with how much I've already talked about him, I think you all know where I stand with him and how his season was, what I think the thing we should do with him. Uh, today's will be Jeff Carter's, and I believe that wraps up all of the 12 forwards, um, well, all the top 12 uh, normal forwards. I can maybe do Drew O'Connor or Redeems Horner or something like that before we get to the, de- the defensemen and the three goaltenders that played this year. So we'll go over Carter's season, what I liked, what I didn't like, what the team should do with him um, heading into um, the 2022 2023 season, even though he basically um, is under contracts. So there's really not much. I don't think he'll be getting traded, but still, you know, what, you know, what, how many minutes he should get, um, linemates, all that good stuff. We'll also get to an interesting article I saw on the Athletic today with uh, Haley uh, Salvian, the Flames beat reporter, saying if Johnny Goudreau leads Calgary, where could he sign? five potential landing spots uh, she does list this for penguins so i'm going to get into that how realistic that is um and then we'll we'll also go into a couple of other things to end the show that's all coming up right after this drop you're locked on penguins your daily podcast on the pittsburgh penguins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. It's been basically almost a month now since the Penguins were eliminated. By the New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup I was Definitely weird uh, to say the least that it's been um, almost a month. If I can go down here um, and find this, um, yeah, it's we're about five to yeah five to six days away um, from the uh, a full month. It's crazy how fast the offseason is already flying by before you know it. Free agents friendly is going to be there here, which is July thirteenth. Uh, we're almost a month away from that, and that's going to be. A blast cover. It, 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 it's good. the podcast is going to be five days a week um, until that point. they don't have be back to doing uh, three days a week for the full off season. But start today's show. Let's get into the, these weird Johnny Gaudreau rumors because yes, it is silly season. I am going to talk about this because I did read this today. And Haley says, you know, in a perfect world, Hext, um, for Ron Hextall, Malkin and Latang retires as the Penguins, but he certainly has limits on how much and how long he's going to sign them. He obviously has that. She has that quote excuse me, um, from the press conference. Um, she go to she suggests that, you know, talks have been ongoing and all this stuff. But then she goes on to say this. If Malkin goes elsewhere, do the Penguins try to find another second-line center? Or does the team move Jeff Carter into that role and use Malkin's previously earmarked $9.5 million cap hit to sign a third-line center and a top-six winger? Whether that's bringing back Ricardo Raquel or maybe looking at like like someone like Goudreau, remains to be seen. Um, There's a reason to believe Goudreau could be a fit. He'd be going east, although to a Philadelphia rival, and could be the face for a renewed push for contention in Sidney Crosby's window. Okay. Definitely an intriguing explanation or just an an I cannot speak today. I don't know what is going on. Um, Fascinating, I think, is the word for it. Um, I'll say this They will. They go into next year with Jeff Carter as their second line center. Um, I Ron Hextall should be fired. Uh, That is unacceptable. I don't think he is that stupid to do something like that. I mean, the team would be really fighting for a playoff spot at that point. And I usually don't bet against the Penguins under Sidney Crosby to not make to make to not make the playoffs. Excuse me, but they they would be up a creek. I think in that one, you know, sure they would have him. Jake Ansel, potentially Chris is hanging back if he signs, and Jari some other good forwards. But you're telling me that you're only going to bring back Jeff Carter as your second-line center, and then who's going to be your third-line center, who's going to be your fourth-line center? It's just going to be um, Sidney Crosby and a bunch of dudes. Uh, that's not good, uh, to say the least. You know, I would love Goudreau on this team. And if Malkin were to walk, you know – Sure, they would potentially have the cap space for because you know that is nine and a half million right there. Even if they did bring back Chris Letang at eight million, you know they would still have the, the space available to bring in Goudreau. But the, the big thing is, how do you fit it under the cap when the season begins? Who are you moving out? You know they're going to have to finagle the cap somehow. Whether that's Brian Dumoulin, whether that's Jason Zucker, you know maybe it's another four on the team like Brock McGinn. You know, something like maybe maybe Evan Rodriguez walks too. He doesn't come back. Denton Heinen or Campen, they don't come back either. Um, it, it, would, it would be a very tall order for the Penguins to sign Goudreau. I, I personally do not think it w- it's going to happen. It would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, he can – obviously he is an elite player in his own right. It would be funny though going from Crosby and Malkin for 16 years from the, to Crosby and Goudreau for at least the next three for Sidney Crosby. And when he's, when he's under contract, probably will be a, a little bit more. Um, and then after that, probably, you know, four to five more years for because be he would be signing a seven- to eight-year contract for the Penguins. As for his cap hit, um, he, he will be getting way more than Evgeny Malkin's 9.5. Um, that's You're probably looking for Johnny, you know, well over 10, I would say. You know, my, 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 the ballpark I'm looking at is maybe Panarin's number, which I think is 10.5. Maybe 11, something like that. I don't think he's going to get um, 12 or 13, but I think you're the ballpark, you're looking at 10 million plus per year. Um, would the Penguins commit to that? Uh, who knows? It would be a definitely a, a good backup plan, but there's going to be a lot of teams in on this player outside of the Calgary Flames. You know, Haley writes in, in, in her story, you know, she has the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, that's. That's the hometown thing for Goudreau. He's from the Philadelphia era area, excuse me. She has the New Jersey Devils in there, the New York Islanders, the Nashville Predators, all of those teams, I think, you know, make a lot of sense. And she also does add for the Penguins. If new ownership which wants to keep Glatang and Malkin can't get that done, it would certainly want to start to replace Malkin given the market expectation for multiple star offensive players in Pittsburgh. Haley is right about that. You know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, when Daniel Alfredson left Ottawa to go to Detroit, and I'm not comparing, um, you know, the, the talent level between Daniel Alfredson to Evgeny Malkin. I, I know who is more talented. I know who's ha- who had the better career and all that. I'm just talking about from, like, the franchise icon um, perspective, so to speak. When Alfredson left, Senators' hands, you know, it, they had to bring in someone to really fill that void, right? I remember, I think I was like, you know, sixteen or something at the time. They brought in Bobby Ryan. They brought in a couple other players um, to try and, you know, make Sundar's fans happy. And you know, sure, Ryan was. Good for a few years there before he ended up leaving the Senators, but it still didn't feel right. And you and, and he obviously was never going to fill the void that Alfredson left. And you know, I think if they were to sign Goudreau, he would probably. I mean, probably he would put up better numbers than of getting Malkin. That's probably one of the only players that's on the market right now that the Penguins could sign that would put up better numbers than Gino. Um, it would just be very difficult for the Penguins to, do, which is why I'm I'm just not thinking it's too likely because, you know, they want to bring Malkin back. They want to bring Latang back. They don't want to have to go to market to drive up the price on other teams to get him or have other teams in turn drive up the price so Pittsburgh would have to pay something that maybe they don't want to pay. Um, I think Ron only speaking up about the Brock McGinn contract um, last year and then uh, Brent, um, Jim Rutherford with Brandon Taneth, he even said, yeah, I, I didn't want to go five to six years, but, you know, teams just kept pushing and pushing and, we, you know, you, you have to you know, give a little bit to get the player you want. And, you know, that's probably not not a good reasoning to go six years for a bottom six player. And, you know, same with Brock Begin for four years. But, you know, that, that, that's how the UFA market works. You know, agents are gonna do everything they can to drive up the price for their clients. And, you know, he will, you know, Goudreau's agent will 100% do that for him because, you know, he's, in my opinion, he's the best player <laughs> going into the market this year. So right now I do think it is a bit unlikely if the penguins get him. It it was pretty cool to see him, the penguins listed though. um, I I think the is going to go to a team that, you know, can actually pay him the money that he wants. You know, the penguins I think are too invested in in a lot of other things right now. I know Hextel said that if they can't get Malkin done, they will look to the open market to bring him in. Um, But I think at that point, they're probably just going to look at someone like Trocek. um, You can get for a lot cheaper. Um, definitely not nearly as good as Goudreau and is not as good as Malkin, but you know, they'll, they'll try to sell the hometown storyline um, thing and all that. So want we'll to spend the first segment touching on those rumors and my thoughts on that. Again, I love Johnny Goudreau. He's one of my favorite players. He just coming off a season where he had a hundred plus points. One of the uh, top 10 to 15 best players in the league would uh, make the Penguins uh, a playoff team. Again, potentially a contender, even if Malkin isn't on the team next year, if you can put Goudreau, Uh, on the second line, but you know, I, I I really don't see it uh, to say the least. Um, And and again, you know, from a salary cap perspective, Penguins are always up against the cap. They would have to do a lot of, you know, maneuvering um, around that, you know, it it would be kind of similar to maybe what Vegas has had to do in the past. I know they've gotten takers, but you know, is is there a full guarantee that the Penguins will get some takers for their players? You know, it, it remains to be seen because, you know, they do have some big contracts. Um, on their team, uh, to say the least. So that wraps up this little silly season segment about Johnny Coudreau. Again, I don't expect it to happen, and I don't think any of you all should either. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into Jeff Carter's season review what I liked, what I didn't like, and what to expect from him next season. Because, you know, I definitely think he's likely going to be on the team next year. He just got the contract extension here, um, people. But before we get to that, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend thirty percent, fifty percent, even one hundred percent more from from the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business to renew your first for over twenty years. The prices are always reliable right low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortal oil, and even new carpet can go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck and you can write locked on in their how to hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing collection right below prices all the parts your car will ever need that is rockauto.com all right we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LL underscore Penguins. Um, a quick note here, we have a listener survey that we've put together, so we have an important favor to ask of each of you to listening to this show. So again, we put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity. To tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. You can go to LockedOnPodcast.com survey right now to get started. It's not; It does not take very long, and everyone that completes a survey, you can qualify for a chance to win one of ten $100 ticket master gift cards to take our audience survey again go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey remember you can get one of ten Ticketmaster gift cards if you do that thanks for your help alright anyways that aside let's get to Jeff Carter's season review here we'll go back to um, natural stat trick my mouth was getting a little bit dry there but, okay, let's look at the underlying numbers here. So, Carter played in 76 of the 82 games this year. He was relatively healthy um, the entire time. Um, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had only 47% of the uh, shot attempts. That's his lowest number since 2018-19 when he was with the Kings. Um, even last year when he, was, he played 14 games with the Penguins, that number was at 53.6%. Even with Los Angeles, it was right around 50-50 in 50, 40 games. Um in terms of actual goals for, he was on the on the ice for 43.6% of the goals. Um, 49 goals against, 38 goals for, compared to last year with the Penguins in the short sample size, 15 goals for, 5 goals against. I mean, he just fell off a cliff. The 43% is the worst since 2019-20 when he was on the ice for 39 goals for Los Angeles, 23 for um, expected goals percentage this here. 47.5%, that's the lowest number he's had since 2018-19 when it was at 45.8%. Scoring chances-wise, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had only 48.6% of the scoring chances. Um, With L.A. last year, it was at 46.4%. When he got to Pittsburgh in 14 games, 57.5%. I don't think enough people realize just how dominant he was in that short-sample size. In total, it was 20 games if you count the playoffs, where he was just a point-per-game player looking like a prime Jeff Carter and not the player that we saw this year. I think the player who we saw this year outside of his 18 goals, um, when you look at the numbers, I think that's who everyone was expecting to see when he was acquired from the Kings last year at the deadline. It was just, you know, it it came a year late. Anyways, uh, going into more of the numbers here, high danger um, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had only 48% of those, those chances. And then... 31 high-danger goals against, 24 high-danger goals for. Shot 7.5% with the Penguins last year in those 14 games. 14.8%. In in Jeff Carter's career, he has only shot over 10% once, and that came all the way back in 2010-11 with the Philadelphia Flyers. Again, it is absolutely remarkable how good Carter was after he came over. The Kings, but this year, you know, just wasn't it. I mean, he was a plague when he was on the ice, and I know I've said this about 500 times this episode and throughout the offseason. I get that he had almost 20 goals this year, but you know, other than that, what was he doing? Playmaking was not there defensively, he was a train wreck. He can't play him on the penalty kill, you can't move him up the lineup because he he drags everyone else down. Um, it's no wonder that you know, when he was playing with his linemates. They had worse numbers with him than they did with other centers, and that includes Teddy Bluger, who I, I reviewed his season a couple of days ago, and I honestly wasn't super crazy about him there. So, you know, this is only I think going to continue to get worse for him as he gets older. Um, I was fine with the extension at the time because because it looked like he was still playing well. Remember, he started out the season pretty red hot. It was similar to what he was doing last year when he came over from the Kings. But then as, as soon as he signed that extension, I think it was, it was about almost halfway through the year, and then he just went straight down, nosedive. Um, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, just playing like a player who has definitely almost reached the end um, of his initial career. Um, signed the two-year extension, um, and you know it, it's looking bad right now. Um, It's looking like one of Hextall's worst moves. Um, I, I think, in my opinion, it's it's not good enough um, for me. And honestly, you know, the more I think about it, you know, I think Ron should have just waited until after the season to really decide on this player. I think he let loyalty cloud his judgment a bit. You know, thinking that oh, I know this player and he knows me and we've been together for so many years. I'm going to sign him to this extension because I think he's going to keep playing at this level and I don't think he's going to be trailing off anytime soon, but didn't want to see how the rest of the season played out for someone who was almost 40 years old. Um, I just, I don't like how he went into it. And especially with that's your first signing, when you have so many other deals to agree to during either during the season or after the season. And I know his MO is, you know, I don't negotiate during the season, but he kind of did with that Jeff Carter thing. You know, what what stopped you from, you know, signing Brian Russ during the season or, or signing Evgeny Malkin or signing um Chris hang. Why was Jeff Carter the first one you decided to bring back out of all of those free agents? And I'll even put Evan Rodriguez, Danton Heinen, and Gusper Captain in there, even though the latter two are restric- restricted free agents. I, I really don't get it you know, that that's where he really loses me. But that I know it's been up and down for Hextall. Um, at with his tenure as general manager, but that contract um, going back to Carter, obviously um, it's, it, it's not looking good. Say the least, and, you know, let's, I'll get to his playoff numbers here uh, to wrap up this. Um, so, Played in all seven games, had about 100 minutes of even strength ice time. Um, he got caved in even worse, this short sample, short sample size. Penguins only had 41% of the shot attempts at even strength. That's the worst um, of his playoff career. Three goals for, nine goals against, 25% total there. Expected goals, 51.7%, so that's not bad. But when you go to the scoring chances, the Penguins had only 42% of the actual scoring chances, at 5v5. High danger was a bit better, 55.5% of those, and then two high-danger goals for one high-danger goals against. But, you know, for shot attempts and scoring chances, um, he got caved in. And, you know, I, I, I said this at the time of the playoff series, and I, I will repeat this here. You know, the Penguins were up 2 to nothing in Game 5. I'm, you obviously all remember that. We all saw what happened. Um, And Carter came out. Four of Guinea Malkin, a, a couple of those shifts when Sidney Crosby was in the locker room, he didn't return, of course. And, you know, the Rangers had basically no zone time in the offensive zone for the first 33 to 34 minutes of that game. All of a sudden, Sid goes out. Sullivan does not put uh, Malkin in his spot. He puts Carter in that spot. And what do you know? One of the goals for that he, that, that is on natural stat, one of the goals against, excuse me, that's on natural stat trick, is the Adam Fox goal? It was a minute shift in the um, Penguins' defensive zone that can't get the puck out. They're not getting the save that they need, and you know Carter is just—he's not doing enough. And you know he then I think gets walked by Jacob Truba, who scores the tying goal. Um, to make, actually, no, not the tying goal. Excuse me, he scores the uh, goal to make it three to two before Penguins made it three to three going into the third period. You know, that's 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 not what a defensively responsible third line center, you know, should be doing in that situation. I mean, if you're getting walked by Jacob Trouba, you know, who, who, who are you going to get walked by next season when you're a year older? That's my biggest thing. And I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being so negative about this player. I'm just not high on him going into next season. I feel like this contract has already aged like milk. Um, it's going to continue to age like a really sour milk. Um, you know, does he score double digit goals next season? Probably, you know, I, I would, I don't think he's going to score 18, you know, maybe 10 to 15 he'll get. I, I, I still think he'll have, um, a decent amount of points of um, at 5v5 this year. If I can uh, go back here to his, reg- um, to his regular season numbers, excuse me. Um, uh, geez, i almost just, uh, oh, I'm going to go on hockey reference here. Um, actually, but you know, he's just, he's getting older. At this point, and you know, the, the production is only going to go down. Um, uh, I'm sorry that I did not have that pulled up, so yeah, um, 45 points, 76 games, you know, just a couple away from 20 goals, actually, one away, but you know, who, who's really counting? Um, you know, he, he's I don't think he's going to get to that point next year where he's going to score 45 points. You know, I think you know, maybe they get 35 to 40 from him. Um, but you know, with the way I saw him playing down the stretch. Um, I'm definitely nervous for these next couple of years. Um, That's for sure. So that will wrap up this second segment for the show as we are basically uh, done now with all of the top 12 forwards season reviews. So have a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. But before that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, news and odds, including this, this year's NBA Finals matchup, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device when the warm-up the trends in action. That is Online where the game starts. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. you to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at lo. Underscore penguins. So, um, saw what happened in the Eastern Conference final uh, on Tuesday night. The Lightning, you know, the Rangers learned a valuable lesson with that one. I'm going to spend a few minutes here talking about the Eastern Conference final. Um, you know, when you have a champion beat down like that, you're about to give deliver the knockout punch, you better not hesitate. You know, I, I, I almost compared to what the Rangers were doing to what, you know, Rocky was doing to, to uh, Ivan Drago in Rocky Four, where you know, he finally gets a cut on him, and it's like the Russian's cut, and it's a bad cut, and that's exactly what you know the Rangers were doing to the Lightning at first. You know, they 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 cut them pretty good, and then you know, unlike Ivan Drago who lost the fight, you know, Lightning they come storm back, they win Game Three after being down two nothing in that game, and in the series they come back in Game Four, destroy the Rangers. They had really nothing at even strength in that in that game. And now it's the best of three going back to Madison Square Garden. And, you know, right now it's hard not to think Tampa is going to win this series just because they're finally starting to believe again. I'm sure now as I say that the Rangers are going to find a way to win this because, you know, this is the devil's sport. And the fact that this is the Rangers seem like the team of destiny here. Um, But I was really impressed with how the Lightning, you know, continue to do this. You know, they they seem fatigued at times, and they've been down a couple of times in these playoffs. You know, they were down um, three games, two against the Maple Leafs. Um, they were down a goal. They were down to their final 20 minutes against the Leafs um, in Game 6 in Tampa Bay. And then they win that game, and then they break Toronto's hearts in Game 7. They were down 0-2, and then t- a 2 nothing goal deficit in Game 3 with less than a period left. Come back to win that game. They scored the game-winner with 40 seconds left. That game goes to overtime. Who knows what happens because it's a coin flip. And then, you know, the, the Lightning do what they do. And this is why it's so hard to take out a great champion like this. It, it reminds me in a lot of ways, you know, to the Penguins from 2016 and 17, why, you know, it, it took a, a really good Capitals team, a, a Stanley Cup champion team to take out, you know, their nemesis in a team. You know, maybe that was gas, but, you know, a team that was just you know giving the rest of the league fits. Um, uh, you know, during those, those few years and it's some of the greatest hockey uh, this league has ever seen. So, you know, the Rangers, they, they got to get back to the drawing board here. They have a lot of injuries uh, I, I think to say the least. And, you know, just again, watching these playoffs, man, the East was there for the taking for the Penguins. Um, you know, uh, I'll still say you know, if they get, uh, if they have Tristan Jari for that first round series, they probably move on. I think if Jari's also healthy for the hurricane series, um, you know they, they potentially win that one because I was not impressed with what Carolina was doing and with how the Penguins played against the Lightning during the regular season. I think the Penguins could have given them a heck of a fight, um, as well. You know, I think there there could have been a legit chance the Penguins could have gone through the East and gotten to the final, um, just because of how you know it, it, there was a case for basically any team in the East to really go far. M- maybe outside of Washington, just because they're old and their goaltending was honestly not good during the season. But the, the other seven teams, I mean. And I was saying on this podcast a lot, I I could see, I can make a case for any one of those teams, even Toronto, just because of the talent that they have, you know, at both forward, all forwards, defense, and goaltending. I know their history obviously is choking, but, you know, I I don't think it would have really, really surprised you just based on their talent level and what they have on paper, to say the least. But it, it still definitely feels like a missed opportunity for the Penguins just because, you know, the Rangers are playing them so well. And they're not that good of a 5v5 team. And I know Shestorkin's doing his thing and their power play is unbelievable. Um, but, you know, how good the Penguins are at 5v5 and, you know, their, 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 usual, their special teams are usually good and Jari was really good during the regular season. Um, man, a, a Penns-Bolts series would have been um, a ton of fun, to say the least. Um, I, I did pick Bolts in six f- before this series started. Um, it, right now, that's still looking good. I'll, I'll say that. I'm not trying to reverse jinx myself here. But, you know, my prediction... Still looking decent. Let's see if the the Lightning can take Game 5 at Madison Square Garden and hopefully um, put the Rangers out of their misery on on Saturday so we don't have to see a Game 7 on on Tuesday. And then, of course, we have the Stanley Cup Final after that. But, But that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll have another episode for you all on Thursday. We're going to continue the season reviews and get to some other fun topics as well um for all of you that continue again for all of you that continue to listen to the show even though it's been almost a month since the penguins were eliminated um god bless you obviously you know the the show is not going to have the same amount of listeners as it does you know during the playoffs and during the regular season because you know people take breaks from the sport you know they they go enjoy their life and you know they, they spend time with their wife and their your kids and you, know, you you do other stuff and, you know, think about sports and all that's so always very respectable. Yeah, I think, especially from this kind of season, um, I, I I totally respect anyone who needs a break um, from thinking about uh, or just talking about this team uh, with people. So, but again, um, for everyone out there listening to this show, thank you all so much. I'll be back on Thursday with another episode for this podcast on this team, and I'll talk to you all then. Hope you all have a great rest of your day.